Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way 24-7 at pathtozion.com. You know where to find us. Search for us on YouTube. We do have a channel. Subscribe, share, do all that stuff. There are some videos on there and more forthcoming. Path to Zion podcast. Just look for us. And uh, thank you for listening today. Hopefully you have just concluded part one in this two-part series. We're talking about living for an unshakable kingdom. Seems like a timely message, don't you think? The kingdoms of men are being shaken. Yes and amen. Father, let it come in whatever measure we can rightly handle and respond in maturity, self-control, spirit-led men discerning this hour, this age. I'm telling you, why in the world is the church so surprised? Man, this is what we talked about, golly, golly, (laughs) months ago. Back in the spring, I visited some friends in, in Georgia, and we sat in their living room. We had this gathering, and I was just posing these questions and my thoughts and vantage point about the biblical understanding of pestilence. You can go and find um, recordings about uh, the, the series. Man, it was like three or four parts about the purpose within the pestilence. and like So I was talking about that with a small gathering, and we were just hashing over the church's response to the coronavirus at the time and how we were all just taken back at like, man, the church is so shakable. She she is really, we had to face it. She's really built on sand in many ways. She's really on, on shaky ground. I didn't realize she could so easily be moved. Friends, can we look at this calendar year Can we look at things that have fallen according to the feasts of the Lord all throughout this calendar year alone and be like, God, you are shaking us and lift our hands and say, yes and amen, let the shaking come. We will not be moved. We will not be be swayed. We will not be shaken. Why? Our identity, our abode, our home that we live according to and function out of is an unshakable kingdom. And friends, I'm telling you, This should not surprise us. This is what Yeshua taught everyone that he spoke to in some measure. Listen, if you live according to this earth and her ways and her patterns and the functions of this world, man, you're going to be moved. Because guess what? It's coming down. It's coming down. It has to go down for the eternal unshakable kingdom to eventually, in the culmination of the ages, to overtake it all, swallow it up, and to be established. On this earth, on an earth now, we're not talking about some sci-fi, heavenly, you know, fantasy land. Now, it's going to be a terra firma reality. It's going to be established as new Jerusalem descends from the highest heaven. Boom! New heavens, new earth, new everything. But, you know, I just want to be clear. We're not talking about just some heaven fantasy that we learned in Bible school when we were six at at First Baptist Church. We're not talking about that. But there is still now a reality of an unshakable kingdom that, man, I'm telling you, can be established right here, right now. When? When we are being shaken. When the church, man, I'm telling you, if she could just, if she could just confess, we talked about that the other day, the, the beauty of confession. Where in the world is that, man, I'm telling you, If you didn't listen to part one, in part one, I clearly said I have so much stuff in me, thought, opinion, that I'm just like, 
Oh God, give, please help me to, to put this in submission to you and not be an emotional, natural man. But God, I am ready when, when, well, I'm not ready or else he would give me the license to speak on that specifically. But when I'm ready, God, with restraint, with, with control, Lord, let me speak. Let me speak what I feel like I'm discerning the Spirit saying in this hour to the church. Let me speak, God. But it's not today. That's what I shared in part one. It's not today. But I will say this. Right now, the church is being shaken. And man, she is not faring well. She's not faring well. She looks foolish. She looks hypocritical. She looks very childish. She looks very childish. I said that in the in the plea to Christian America series days ago when I said, this is just like a playground event, even leading up to the election. Now look what's happened in the last several days. I said, it's just like he put, it's a, it's a grown up adult version of he pushed me first. Well, he did it first. No, I didn't. He did it. You know, and like, and so now we're on the other side of the election after all the bickering and, and banter and endless jargon of just backbiting and ridiculous childlike behavior. Now, well, we didn't, and no one's even won or lost yet, but we're already hearing the verbiage. Well, we didn't really lose. It was a sham. Like, why in the world can't the church just say, you know what? Maybe, 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 maybe times a million. Is it possible? Is it even possible that the Christian right lost something? Is it possible? That's all I'm saying. Is there any entertaining of a possibility that Christian America doesn't win everything? Oh my gosh, I don't know why this is such an alarm going off. Why can't the church humble herself and say, you know what, maybe we just lost? Which she hasn't yet. Which there hasn't been any decision. This is just the rhetoric and the back and forth of the of the panic mode that we're addressing in this living in an unshakable kingdom discussion. So we're moving into the, the a little bit more of the now, but not in fullness, but pretty much what is yet before us promises about an un, unshakable kingdom. Now there are some and many overlaps of, of the yes now in measure, but the culmination, yes and amen, and fullness yet before us. We're going to start in Isaiah chapter 13, verse 13. I will make the heavens tremble. I will make the earth be shaken out of its place. The wrath of the Lord of hosts in the day of his fierce anger. So there is a prophesied shaking out of its place of the earth. The heavens are going to tremble, man. There are things that are going to have to move. There's things that are going to have to be broken off. There are things that there there will be a point. I'm not saying it's today. These are all birth pangs, and we talk about that all the time here on the program. This is just mere incremental measure of, man, boy, is it coming. But what I said last night, again, to our gathering is like, if we can't handle these minor birth pangs, oh, Lord, please help the church. Oh, God. Oh man, it's man, it it concerns me greatly that the minor shaking causes such chaos within God's people. I mean, like I'm saying, complete unrest and the impossibility that this could happen in this nation. This can't happen here. No, there's no way that the secular majority 
can defeat the Christian majority. It's impossible. It has to be lies and deception. Well, friends, this is what I'm always saying, and then we'll get right back to the text. Why in the world is that so surprising? This is why I'm always saying that the Christian patriotic American history has to be challenged. And we have to give ourselves to the founding fathers saying, hey, freedom of religion does not mean freedom to worship Yahweh God creator. Freedom of religion says what we, what we mentioned in the, in the plea to Christian America the other day. It was written in Mohammedism. Acceptable, great, fantastic. Hey, you want to do, now we call Islam, Mohammedism? Doesn't matter to us, man. You're free here. Worship what, who, how you want. That was the founding father's unction and purpose. Religious liberties are religious liberties. But now Christian America says, no, 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 no. These weren't deists. They weren't masons. Oh, I need to move on. See, I'm, I'm trying to show restraint. Please forgive me if I'm not. I'm trying to show restraint the best I know how. I'm still a man. I'm still a man with emotions. I'm trying to submit them to the Father and say, help me, help me. So we're going to move on. Matthew chapter 24, 7 and 8. The disciples asked Jesus what will be the sign of his coming and the close of the age back in verse 3. He answers them in 6. And he says these things, you will hear of wars, rumors of wars. See to it that you're not alarmed. This must take place. The end is not yet, though. And so, like, I know we're not talking about wars and rumors of wars, although there are these speculations. Man, I've already seen the prophet saying, well, now the voice of the Lord, now the angel visited me in the night and told me that, God has, man, I'm telling you, God has changed his mind. He's shifted the trajectory of America. If Biden wins, because you still have to speak safely now. You have to say, if Biden wins, it seems to me the word of the Lord would be as obvious as it was back when he told you, quotes, Trump will win by a landslide. No, that, you know, no, these prophets, no wavering, no wondering. Trump wins by a landslide. An angel told me, I promise. People people digest that with every last little morsel and get filled with delight. Why? Well, this fits what I want. I want Trump to win. I want favor. I want blessing. Ha! How about that? That's what God wants for me too. That's what God wants for this nation. Isn't that, isn't that strange? God wants exactly what I do. But instead, now God somehow tr- is maybe changing his mind. Hmm. Maybe Trump won't get in and there's going to be war. China's going to attack us cuz evil China hates us so bad. Again, even though everything in your house was probably made there. Yeah, wars, rumors of wars. But guess what? Don't be alarmed. This stuff's got to take place, but man, this isn't even the end. Nation is going to rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. Natural kingdoms, friend. There's going to be famines, earthquakes. This is the beginning of the birth pangs. Isaiah 28, verse 16. Therefore, this is what the Lord God says. And we talked about this a little bit earlier. We're going to elaborate some. I'm laying a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone for the foundation. It's firmly placed. We talked about that earlier. 
The one who believes in it will not be disturbed. Yeah, we already read that one. Man, that's worth reading twice. The one who believes in it, the one who puts their hope and trust in every single molecule of their being into the unmovable, unshakable kingdom cornerstone, man, you're not going to be disturbed. Isaiah 24, 18, 19, and 20. The foundations of the earth tremble. The earth is utterly broken. It is rent asunder. The earth is violently shaken. It staggers like a drunken man. It sways like a hut. Its transgression lies heavy upon it, and it falls, and it will not rise again. We do understand this has to happen. We know this has to happen. Do we cry out for mercy? Yes. Do we cry out for God to be patient and slow to anger? Yes and amen, but we know he already is. So all I'm saying, and I've said this in, in several different churches and gatherings and men, uh, men's prayer meetings and like every possible avenue I can, I try to insert yes and amen. Yes, of course. God, be merciful. God, please. Yes, of course he's slow to anger, but God, let what has to come, come. Come, King of David. Come, Yeshua. Come quickly, right? The, the rightful holding of the responsibility to cry out for both. God, oh man, I don't want your judgment to come and to wipe out the church and to drag her into a, a, an epoch of suffering and all this and that. Of course, I don't want that, but I want what that brings. I want what that produces. I want what that ushers in, which is repentance, change. Man, the hearts of men, the hearts of the church will not change until she's driven to her knees. And we have got to understand that until the foundations of the earth tremble, we cruise. I don't care what anyone says. If you live a life completely free of, of, what we call all the time here on the program, just all these things that cause us to endure, man, why would you need God? Why do you need a Savior? Why does, why does the secular world say, you know what? I don't even believe in God. I surely don't believe in His Son. I don't believe in a Messiah Savior. I don't need one, right? And can we just honestly say in many ways, the church acts also just like that. Well, we have God now. We have a Christian nation, we have churches, we have freedom, we have religious liberty. Man, just chill. Calm down with all this holiness stuff and righteousness stuff and, and shaking off the kingdoms of the world stuff, man. This is Christian America. Don't you know where you are? Man, how many times have I been told that? Don't you realize where you live? Of course I do. And... Equally so, I see what it brings about. The fruit of it on the tree is passivity, laziness, and a slumbering church. I see both. And so my position, my posture, and my plea to anyone who would listen is can we rightly say, yes, God, be slow to mercy. Of course, do what you have always done, Father, with your people. Please don't give us what we deserve. I mean, that's my life. If you listen to this program, let's be fair. I am always admitting and understand completely my depravity apart from him. I was given the revelation, if you will, of my Gentile status. I understand who I was. I understand. I do not ever forget my former condition. Apart from Yeshua Messiah literally regenerating my spirit man to be filled with his Holy Spirit and pleasing to the Father... I would be in prison. 
I would be strung out on drugs and pornography in a hotel room right now with no family, no friends, no life, and deservedly so. I know my condition. But what got me there? What got me there? The hand of the Father, the heavy hand of God, removing things from my life and revealing what? Man, my life is built upon a a shakable kingdom. So we must know the difference. We must know and remember constantly that we have got to be found in a kingdom unshakable because the earth is going to be violently shaken and the foundations of this earth will tremble. Revelations chapter 6, 12 through 17, I looked and behold, there was a great earthquake. The sun became black as sackcloth. The full moon became like blood. The sky vanished like a scroll that is rolled up, and every mountain and island was removed from its place. This goes on and on. We know these verses, these accounts. We're talking about an age that's yet to come when men, man, I'm telling you, it's going to be horrible. And praise the Father, we're not there yet. There's still time for us now is what I'm trying to say. This minor birth pang is coming. And church, admit you're not doing well. Admit you're failing and there's hope for you. It's just like the story. It's like the account at the very beginning of humanity. Cain and Abel and the father, creator God, comes to Cain and says, Son, if you just confess, if you turn back to me, you're not too far from me. My hand is not too short to receive you unto myself. If you just turn from your wicked ways, I can receive you back. It's the same pattern throughout all of humanity of of the perfect father saying, return to me, return to me, return to me. What? Just confess and admit that you're full of wrong. Church of 2020, put your guard down, silence yourself, lift your hands and say, you know what? We're full of wrong. We're full of error. I'm not going to talk about the Democratic Party anymore. I'm not going to rag on Nancy Pelosi every waking moment of my day anymore. Look at me, God. Look at me. See if there's any wicked way in me. See if there's any vileness in me, God. Make me clean. That would do us so good as the church. Revelation 16, 17 through 19. A loud voice came out of the temple from the throne saying, It's done. There's lightning, voices, peals of thunder, a great earthquake. This great earthquake on the earth that's never been seen. The city was split into three parts. The cities of the nations fell. God remembered great Babylon to make her drain the cup of the fury of his wrath. These are the kingdoms of men. I don't care what anyone says. America is the poster child for Babylonian empires. We lead the way. Make us great. Oh yeah, we're the greatest. We're Babylonian. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands. It is eternal in the heavens, for in this tent we groan. We're longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. If indeed, by putting it on, we may not be found naked. For while we are still in this tent, natural flesh, we groan, being burdened. Not that we would be unclothed, but that we would further be further clothed, clothed so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He has prepared, he who has prepared us 
For this very thing is God who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. There is a lot of groaning going on in this natural man, this tent. But there's something greater coming. After this earthly home is destroyed, there's a building from God. And again, it's not an angelic fantasy land in the heavens singing songs, as everyone says all the time, with harps and wings. There is a city that will be established, the kingdom of God, Yahweh eternal. That is what's yet before us. Hebrews chapter 12, of course, is the pinnacle of all of this unshakable kingdom reality. See that you don't reject the one speaking. For if those did not escape who rejected him when he gave divine warning on earth, think how much less we will escape if we turn away from him when he warns from heaven. Friends, there is a warning coming from heaven. Even then his voice shook the earth, but now he has made this promise. One more time I will shake not only the earth, but heaven too. And in this phrase, one more time, it makes clear that the things shaken are removed. Why? They are created things, so that the things not shaken may remain. Therefore, since we have received an unshakable kingdom, let us be grateful, through which we may offer service that will please God with reverence and fear, for indeed he is a consuming fire. Friend, are you shakable? Are you shakable? If even the elect will be led astray, what about us? Are we exempt? As I'm always saying to Christian America, are you so elite that you are exempt? I believe she talks and acts and lives according to in this election, the present moment results are, are exposing her error. She's arrogant. She's prideful. She's boastful. She will not lose. And at any cost, she will validate every single thing she once says and desires. At all costs, we will not be embarrassed. We will not be wrong. And guess what? We will not lose. We will not lose. That is the rhetoric of the church. And I'm telling you, the shaking is coming. The shaking's coming. No matter who wins, no matter who wins this election, man, shaking has got to come to this nation. Now, if you're listening to this program in China, like we mentioned in part one, we're having this influx of listeners in China. This may not be as applicable as it is right here in my backyard, but it's true nonetheless, no matter where we are, the kingdoms of men are absolutely hands down facing shaking. It has to come. It is a prophesied reality, and only those who are rooted and established in all these verses, three pages type of what we just read over the last however long now, nearing an hour, only these are going to remain. Everything else has got to be shaken off. And yes and amen. Why would we not be encouraged by that promise of the Father? Because if it's wood, hay, and stubble, man, burn it up. Let it go, God. It's for my good. Now, does it hurt? You better believe it. Is it painful? Yep. Does it sting? Do I desire it in my natural man? No way, no how. It's horrible. But... If we live according to the Spirit and we're spiritual Christ, man, we are in the pattern of the suffering servant who learned obedience through the things that he suffered. Man, I'm telling you, are you above the suffering servant? Are you above the slain lamb? Are you greater and more untouchable than the Son of God, Emmanuel? No way. 
No way. If he learned obedience through the things that he suffered, then friend, you better quit running from suffering. Christian America had better quit avoiding suffering at all costs, justifying herself, making excuses, whining like little children saying, no way we're going to lose. We won't lose. We're Christian America. I can do all things through, you know, and then we start throwing out all these scriptural promises as if they wrote, as if the writers of the eternal word of God wrote that to Christian America 2020 regarding an election. Are you kidding me? May we hold God's word with right awe and reverence and holiness and not just make it our own possession to justify and vilify everything we want. May we hold it right. This morning, and I'm going to say this and I'm going to close, we talked about a verse um, here in our house. We posted on our whiteboard teaching this morning, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Of course, Yeshua was saying this in Matthew chapter 6, and he's saying, very simple, let's make this black and white before we close this two-part series. Seek first the kingdom of God. Okay, so you seek first the kingdom of God, simplified. Number two, that you seek everything else. Everything else. Politics, politicians, kingdoms of men, patriotic Christian America. All these things we could name. Every single other thing you had better make sure is well under, categorically speaking and in numerically speaking, under seeking the kingdom of God. And his righteousness. Because Yeshua was saying, look, he's talking about clothing and food and all these natural needs, if you will, that preceded this. All these things will be added to you as what? Establishing a principle. Look, man, if you are fascinated with the kingdom of God and with his righteousness, all these other things are going to be in their proper place. You'll be taken care of. You'll be in peace. The shalom of God, the Father, will overshadow your life. Why? You are dwelling in an unshakable kingdom. It would do us well to do that. And I'm going to end this here. If you are someone right now, I don't care where you are in the world. We said the same thing at the end of part one. If you are shaken, if you are wavering, if you, man, I'm telling you, this is what I want. I'm just going to be blatantly um, obvious and honest both. If you are someone who's strong, if you're a gun-toting, patriotic, Christian, American, you know, God and guns like militia man. I'm telling you, I know these men exist. I know they exist in, in these men who that that is you. But yet on the inside, you're you're afraid. You're fearful. You're deathly afraid of what's coming. And that's maybe part of what has fueled you to prepare in that way. Like, man, if somebody kicks down my door, I'm laying them all out. Friend, I'm just going to ask you. I don't know. Maybe this is the Lord. Maybe this is just my imagination. I'll submit it as a possibility of, of the former. If that's you, friend, that's okay. It's okay, man. It's okay. It's okay if we say it, we admit it, we confess. You know what? God, I'm just afraid. I'm terrified. I was brought up to believe that I won't have to endure anything. And maybe or maybe not, you've had the revelation of the true scriptural understanding that you will be called to endure to the end. And you know you're going to be a part of a lot of trials, tribulations, and even maybe you've embraced that, but yet there's still something in you that's just, if you were honest at the core of your being, I'm just afraid. I'm afraid. And this this goes out, man. We can expand this out to many people listening to this program. 
simplified. I'm sure there are many people right now, it may be you, saying, you know what, at the core of my being, I'm afraid. I'm afraid that if Joe Biden wins, I'm going to lose my privileges. I'm going to lose my rights. I'm going to lose my my liberties. Friend, can you just admit it? Can you just admit that that's the heart of the matter and say, you know what, that's okay. It's okay for the church to just say, to lift her hands and say, I'm just afraid. I don't know how I'll function if all of my liberties and freedoms and comforts are taken away from me. And that terrifies me to no end. I wish the church would do that. Friend, if that's you, you likely don't know it's you. I'm, te- I'm going to tell you that. You probably don't know that's even in there. But do you sit before the Father and say in quietness and you don't utter a word and you're not listening to praise music and listening to a YouTube teaching or a prophecy or the news and you just say, God, you search my heart. There's things in here I don't even know exist. God, you look in here, shine your light of truth into me and show me, is there a root to this in me? that I don't even know is in there. I think I'm I'm convinced personally that this is what is really permeating the church of this age. I think she's afraid. I don't think she knows how to function unless she can do whatever she wants when she wants to, and she's terrified if that's taken away. And quote, the bad guys rule. If the bad guys rule, what are we gonna do? They're not like me. Well, you know what? Be in an unshakable kingdom then. Be in an unshakable kingdom. Because if you are in an unshakable kingdom, let the kingdoms of men go the way they are prophesied to go and you yourself will not be moved. It is possible. It's possible, but man, it's got to start now. I say this time and time and time and time again. You've got to start now. You should have started years ago. For the church people who are 60, 70, 80 years old and are just now starting to say, man, I don't know if I'm ready. It's not too late, but man, those of us who are younger, we got to do it now. We've got to do it now. We've got to train our children, not just to use an assault rifle, good grief. We've got to train them how to endure. We've got to train them how to be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say, brother, you throw me in the fire, man. I don't care. You, I'll jump in there myself. Why? Because there's going to be a rescuer and a deliverer, and he's going to be in there waiting for me, and we're all walking out, and we're not even going to smell like smoke, and you're going to bow your knee to the one true God, Yahweh Elohim, when, when this is all done. I'm telling you, that's coming. It's, if it's not going to be for me, it's going to be for my son to see. But whatever it is, whenever it comes, let's be a people who are found living in an unshakable kingdom. You've been listening to the Path to Zion podcast. Find us online 24-7 at pathtozion.com. Search for us at YouTube. Subscribe there. You can subscribe to the podcast. You can even put the Podbean app on your phone, which is pretty cool. It's very simple. takes up very minimal room. And uh, that way, every time this podcast is updated, bing, you get a message. Listen to it whenever you want to. Friends, if this is resounding, I'm telling you, I'm getting more feedback the last five days on what I've been talking about than anything I've shared in two years. I'm telling you, it's finding a place with some people. There are people saying, hey, I didn't know anybody else felt like that. And it's okay. It's okay. A lot of people don't know how to find their voice, how to find their place. 
whatever reason, I have a microphone and the ability to record stuff and throw it out to the world. So let's come together in humility, in repentance, in openness before the Father and say, God, help us to know what you're saying and what you're doing in this hour because we want to dwell in an unshakable kingdom. This is the Path to Zion podcast. We are rediscovering the ancient way. Amen.